Hi there and welcome to the MM&M podcast. My name is Jack O'Brien. I'm the digital editor at MM&M. Today we are joined by a very insightful guest. We have Dr. Navi Amin from Bristol-Myers Squibb. Dr. Amin, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to chat. I kind of wanted to start our conversation off just setting a baseline for our audience. You lead the cardiovascular digital health team over at Bristol-Myers Squibb. And I kind of just want to get an idea of what you and your team do there? You know, what's the focus of operations? Then we can get some more specifics from there. Thank you. Yes. So as you may know, Bristol-Myers Squibb's mission is to discover, develop, and deliver innovative medicines to help patients prevail over serious diseases, including cardiovascular disease. And um, as a leader in the cardiovascular space, we feel it's our duty and responsibility to help shape the future of healthcare. Digital health is at the forefront of that shift. So we have an incredible focus on digital health and understanding how these digital technologies can ultimately help improve patient outcomes. And our team is working across the enterprise to uh, develop a digital health strategy and implement solutions that will help improve patient outcomes uh, in the areas of diagnosis, treatment, and monitoring of uh, serious diseases. I'm glad to hear you kind of give a description there. And this is actually something we didn't mention before you hopped on the show, but I've, I've been a, a longtime cardiovascular uh, patient with a number of procedures. So this is kind of a personal topic for mine, but really kind of curious when it comes to involving digital health, it may not be one of those things that people think relates necessarily to, to heart care as it may to other aspects of the patient journey. What are some, what are some areas where it is making a difference and affecting patient outcomes in a meaningful way? So, Jack, first of all, thanks for sharing such a, um, a personal uh, point about your own journey. And one thing that I'll mention now is that I'm actually, I'm, I'm a cardiologist and through practice have already been employing a lot of digital health solutions to help monitor patients and help improve some of the information that we can get from a lot of our diagnostic tests. So some examples of that are how we uh, potentially monitor patients with arrhythmia or irregular heart rhythms. And those technologies can help us identify patients even while they may not be having symptoms. So for example, with Bristol-Myers Squibb, an area of, of great interest is atrial fibrillation, which is an irregular heartbeat and can increase one's risk for stroke and other conditions. And so we are thinking of ways to, and already active of actively partnering with innovators in the space to help us identify the best ways to diagnose and monitor our patients to help prevent some of those outcomes. It's interesting to hear you talk about that. And uh, again, not to, not to bring it all back to me, but the arrhythmia angle is interesting because that's something that I, I dealt with for years and have remembered all of the, um, you know, the different uh, wireless devices and different ways to track your um, your heart rate and your rhythm and, and things like that. What other sort of advances are you expecting to see in the cardiovascular space as, in, as it relates to involving more digital technology? Because I feel like we've just kind of scratched the surface. And, you know, as we've seen more and more advances in this field, I would imagine that, you know, there's going to be capabilities that we hadn't even imagined, you know, five years ago, they're going to be in the marketplace soon enough. 
Absolutely. I, I feel like sometimes we're what we see is science fiction, but it's already reality. Um, and some of the technologies that I'm particularly interested in are related to artificial intelligence and understanding how we can employ artificial intelligence to help us interpret the data that we're gathering. And that could be in the realm of imaging for example, um, in cardiology, we use a lot of electrocardiograms and echocardiograms, and we can gather additional information with the overlay of artificial intelligence protocols to, to capture disease that we may not identify with our current knowledge. That could help us with how we acquire images, for example, or interpret images. And uh, I'm just giving two technology examples, but there are innovators out there looking to see how we can use our computing power to garner more information from other imaging modalities or even the patient records, voice recognition. This has just been an incredibly innovative time for the medical space. I do want to kind of center the conversation a little bit for our audience, which are primarily pharma and biotech marketers. And they, be, they may be wondering about what their role in all of this is. They hear you talking about all the work that's going on at BMS. And obviously, they're such a significant player in the pharma industry. I'm curious if there are any sort of trends or, you know, things that are on your radar that they should also be paying attention to as it relates to the kind of developments and breakthroughs that we've seen in digital health. You know, with the evolution of healthcare, uh, pharma really has an opportunity to be a part of the change and uh, to be effective in how we improve those outcomes. We need to meet patients where they are um, and really consider the patient journey. And I think that's one of the big trends that um, that we need to focus on is is connecting with patients where they are. That may uh, require us to think outside of the box with regards to traditional healthcare. You know, with the um, cardiovascular innovation challenge at Health, BMS really sought to engage with innovators to think about how we can empower patients on their journeys. And uh, we focused especially on health equity with the cardiovascular innovation challenge. We invited startups to submit digital health proposals that addressed uh, diagnosis or management of um, particular conditions, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, heart failure, atrial fibrillation, specifically in medically underserved communities. And this is an example of how um, BMS effectively engaged with the innovation community to then bring those solutions back to what's at our core in terms of our mission to help patients prevail over their serious diseases. It's so interesting to hear you talk about health equity because we were also at health in, in one of the more recent kind of you know events where it's sort of post-COVID, sort of still in the pandemic, but still amazing to see so many people there. And we hosted a panel focusing about health equity. And I kind of wanted to pick up on that thread just from your own perspective, the value of incorporating that into the the innovation challenge that you were talking about. Because I think a lot of companies say, yeah, we want to be able to focus more on health equity. We want to be able to make that part of our business strategy. But 
you know, they also look for what the business case is. So I guess I'm kind of curious from your perspective, how that all wraps in, because you obviously see it being, you know, one in the same in terms of we have to have a focus on that for this to work. As we introduce some newer technologies into the health ecosystem, there is the potential to add to some of the digital divide, those who have and those who do not. But additionally, there's an opportunity to use those digital technologies to reach people who otherwise have difficulty with health access, for example, or where traditional diagnostic or treatment modalities may leave them underserved or underrecognized as having certain conditions. So um, some of the solutions that help address health equity potentially um, allow people to connect with the health system or allow them to have access to certain services from afar. That's one example. And being able to, as a pharma company, tap into that to be able to serve our our communities and our patient populations is really important. The other is to consider how do we take technologies that are traditionally housed in our brick and mortar health systems and bring it to where patients are in order to give them access to those technologies and um, and then be able to share some of that uh, data back to the experts. And, um, and, and that's what we're seeing with some of the technologies, like with the exciting remote patient monitoring devices or how we're using handheld echo and then using artificial intelligence overlays to help improve the quality of the images or improving the accuracy of interpretation, even in areas that may not have an expert cardiologist right in their you know, backyards. So those are just some examples of how digital health innovation can help, uh, help with medically underserved communities. It's so interesting to hear you talk about that point where it doesn't have to be what you referred to earlier as this kind of science fiction of new innovations. It can be things that we've had for years and being able to, you know, supplement them with some other technologies like AI or other capabilities that we have today to almost supercharge them in a way. Absolutely. I did want to ask you because we we were both at health and running around a million miles an hour, as as is the case with those kind of larger conferences. Were there any sort of uh, themes or, or things that you saw there that were meaningful for maybe those in our audience that weren't able to attend? As I mentioned, we, we were really focused on meeting with innovators who were um, accelerating the field with regards to diagnosis, treatment, and monitoring. And um, the connection, as you already mentioned, between existing technologies and the forefront, where they're going, those were really exciting uh, to see and to meet with the innovators um, and, and hear about their vision for the, for the future. I am kind of curious, just I, I know that we're recording this, I think almost two or three weeks left in 2022, and it's it's been such a whirlwind year. As you look ahead to 2023, and specifically as it relates to your team, you know, what stands out? What's on the horizon that we can come to expect from you and your team at BMS? I'm really excited to see how... Um how some of the artificial intelligence overlay onto our traditional diagnostic and monitoring um, capabilities will help us improve um, the way that we care for our patients, especially with regards to monitoring and, and diagnosis of patients. 
Excellent. Well, Dr. Amin, I really appreciate you being on the show here. And I want to give you the final word if there was anything that you wanted to impart to our audience. I know that they've certainly appreciated this conversation for your insights. Thank you so much for inviting me. And, you know, it's really been an honor to be part of BMS and be um, part of um, this team where we're really, it's clear that we're really moving forward to help with how we discover, develop, and deliver innovative medicines. And with the goal to help patients prevail over serious disease. It's an exciting time to connect that innovation with BMS's central mission. And I'd leave you with the final word that with the rapidly shifting landscape, it's really important to put patients at the focus of what we do as we engage with the health system. It's clear that that's part of BMS's mission, um, and I really um, look forward to continuing this important work. Excellent. Well, Dr. Amin, I really appreciate you being on the show again, and hopefully there's a chance in the future to reconnect given the work that you and your organization are doing. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) 